At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one podcast in all things marketing, advertising, and communications. I'm your host, Ted Lau, podcast host, award-winning agency owner, and full-time family guy. Today on the show, we have Katrina German, who is an award-winning entrepreneur specializing in communications, technology, and digital strategy. As the CEO and founder of ethicaldigital.ca, Katrina and her team are changing the trajectory of the internet through digital strategy, research, and certification. Katrina has recently been included in Future for Goods 2022 Social Good Founders to Watch, has won the YWCA Women of Distinction Award for Entrepreneurship, Startup Canada Prairie Award for Innovation, and has won the prestigious International Women in Tech Award for Women in Communications. Katrina is a strong believer in measured results, radical creativity, and using technology to improve workflow. Katrina, welcome. Hi, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so you're from the prairies, eh? So how's, uh, are you in Saskatchewan? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. We're ba- I'm based here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, our team is across Canada, though. We have people in cities everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's great. I haven't been to the prairies, but uh, I hear it's quite lovely in the summer. Come in the summer. Don't come in the winter. Don't come in the winter. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard. All right. So we always start off our interviews with just a, a little bit of a origin story. So if you could tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, how you got here, and how you won all those darn awards. That's a lot of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I guess I've always been a social impact entrepreneur. Uh, even when I had regular jobs in nonprofits, I often had side hustles where I was doing video production or writing books or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I've always been interested in communicating and sharing ideas with a large audience. And in the early days of Twitter, I kind of started to see, I was like, wait, I think I can see how I can make things trend. And uh, so 
I started playing a little bit with some other businesses and we were able to reach thousands of people in one day on Twitter. I was just like, oh yeah, I can see how this works. So I really kind of got hooked on just the ability to reach a lot of different people um, using that forum. And so started to kind of get into bigger campaigns where uh, one of them, uh, my, my past uh, career had been in adult literacy and teaching adults and families, you know, some of the early skills of reading and writing. And uh, so I partnered with our old organization as well as Post Media, who does all the kind of major newspapers across Canada. And we had one of the first hashtags on their front page of newspapers across across Canada. We're called Raise a Reader. And uh, basically, we could actually see as everybody was waking up and, and opening their papers across Canada, we watched that trend um, across Canada with the idea for people to read to their kids. And I was just absolutely hooked. We reached 2.4 million people in one day. This was way back in the day. That was a lot of people back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so a lot of people still and know. it was just yeah 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 and it was a really really kind of exciting things so I was absolutely hooked on what you could be doing in order to harness the power of digital marketing in order to get uh, you know change people's mindsets and uh, make people healthier and so I uh, eventually um, was telling that story actually of of that uh, campaign at a tech conference and uh, my former business partner approached me and he said listen we're both social impact entrepreneurs um, I, why don't I, I build something you can sell it and uh, you know so we beer stormed our way through some ideas and uh, basically came to the idea of, of a company we created called One Story um, where it was gathering people's stories from around the world it was basically crowdsourcing stories so this was even before uh, Facebook Live and of that kind of stuff and I was really kind of the, solving the problem of like why is creating videos so darn hard especially for social media like you need a lot more content <laughs> and so um, our platform would actually uh, allow organizations from around the world to ask questions and then get video responses in return at which point those video responses would be automatically stitched together into a little mini documentary so uh, it was kind of a, a cool process basically to crowdsource video and I was able to work with some of the the best communications people from change organizations organizations from around the world. So we worked with United Nations women to tell the stories of men standing up for women's rights in Albania, um, you know, talking about uh, homelessness with the Salvation Army, uh, why we support veterans with PGA Golf Canada. Um, so it was a really incredible life experience uh, where, you know, I got really involved. We raised funds and, and we were one of the top 15 startups in Canada. Um, but, uh, you know, I started to see some of the inequalities that were going on in the spaces as well. And so unfortunately, that company didn't make it, but it was a really cool life experience. And I uh, really started to see some of the power of things that were going on in the digital space and what, you know, what this meant for our future. Um, so as I was sort of catching my breath after that tech company, I worked for Innovation Saskatchewan for a year. And this is before we had any um, uh, tech accelerators here in the province. And uh, so I was able to help 70 different companies get to commercialization and uh, really enjoyed that process, but really realized that a lot of the, the people had really cool technologies that they were creating, but weren't really sure how to use the digital space to connect with their audiences and test their audiences and find the right messages. And and because of all the work and travel I had done with my startup and connecting with other, you know, the, the technology world, particularly at that time, were some of the best.
best marketers in the world because they were right there on the front lines uh, and I got to learn from them. Um, I turned that information into a book called Action Tracking and uh, basically it was sort of just to get some of the things out of my brain <laughs> out into the world but I ended up sort of accidentally starting the agency because after I wrote that book I had a lot of people approaching me to work with them and uh, you know we had we were just getting started at the beginning of COVID and uh, we had basically we'd gone down to two people and uh, by the end of you know within two years we were at 18 people it was really quite a, a growth because you know it was the time when everybody was deciding to go online but uh, I was in the position where I was looking at it um, I was concerned about what was happening online just the different types of conversation that, was, that were going on Trump was at his peak there was a lot of mask versus anti-mask you know just a lot of anger online too because everybody was going there over the pandemic I was like this cannot be good for people so to be honest I started to get kind of concerned I was like are we the next tobacco company by being a social media company? <laughs> and so I wanted to study this and understand what the impact of, you know, what we were doing and creating online and what that meant for people. So it was right around that time that we rebranded and and uh, moved everything into our, our concept of ethical digital. And so that's our agency right now. And we are trying to change the trajectory of the internet. So uh, the core of our business is uh, digital marketing strategy. So social media, websites, email strategies that not only convert, that's always important to anything you're creating, but also are inclusive and taking care of people uh, with different disabilities, uh, mental health issues, low literacy skills, that sort of things so uh, really enjoy that work and putting some positivity and education into the internet and and uh, and creating that but I also wanted to do further um, so we partner with uh, academic institutions from around Canada um, to create uh, research so we've worked um, on um, how social media affects well-being so spoiler alert there's absolutely a correlation between social media use anxiety depression self-esteem um, body image image issues, uh, sleep issues. Um, when we first started the research, there was a lot of talk about it being sort of correlations. Um, but as more research is happening, we're starting to see that a lot of that is moving into causation and that uh, social media is actually having a really strong impact on, on humans. Um, we've also researched how to get more Indigenous women involved in technology development. We have very few uh, women, uh, Indigenous women represented in Canada in that space. And if technology is a future, we need all people involved in creating that future. And and uh, we've also researched with the Diversity Institute how to get more women into venture capital, which also funds the internet. And uh, women-led uh, technology companies actually have received around 2% of the billions of dollars that have gone into the internet. So that's it. Um, so we kind of have a, a philosophy that if we can uh, adjust the makeup of people who are actually, you know, creating those deals um, that we, you know, and have more women involved in the venture capital space, that we might see some more women-led projects and women-led problems being solved using technology as a tool so uh, we take then all that research and turn it into corporate training to get it out in the world and get people changing minds so we've got a big corporate training out there too right now around how social media affects well-being and specifically in the areas of mental health and productivity okay well that's that's a mouthful there's a lot there so let's unpack that a little so I heard book writing social media and is the next tobacco possibly and all yeah. the research and development that you're doing around um, women's issues and, and, and indigenous uh, women's issues. So maybe let's uh, let's start with the the technology and the, the social media. So social media is it 
Is it the next tobacco? Because I think everyone's on there and, and absolutely I think they're with everything there needs to be moderation. But is it is it as bad? Am I going to get cancer or lung cancer? Or maybe it's just the well, I guess depression is also is also severe. So what are you what does the research say? Do we just turn off the computers and, and, and see you later? Or what, what are we supposed to do? Well, a lot of the health experts, this is going to blow your mind, but especially the profession you work in, but they say that you should be spending less than half an hour a day on social media. And the average Canadian is spending about two and a half hours a day on social media. And so there's, you know, you look at that in different ways, you know, there's sort of extreme things. And there's also so many good things and connection points that do happen on social media. So we don't want to come out and say, you know, the sky is falling. But there's also some very significant things that we need to be looking at, you know, we're part of a giant experiment of something that's never been done before. And uh, we need to be quite aware of some of the the, the pitfalls of it. So um, yeah, when it comes to uh, depression, for example, a lot of people will go to social media to try to kind of make themselves feel better. They want that dopamine hit, you know, of putting something out there, having a connection with people. And that's what we have to remember is that a majority of this is really about connection with others. And, uh, you know, if they get that feeling back, if they get people responding and saying like, hey, good job, or, you know, or just responding and having that connection point, it can really help raise their feelings and, and make them feel better. However, a lot of times, you know, the social media you know, it could be tricky. You put something out, you get crickets, right? And and so that mm. can actually really contribute to a bad spiral for people where you're kind of expecting social media to make you feel better, but it actually makes you feel worse because you're not getting the feedback that uh, that you need. Um, anxiety is an interesting one too. Like we have tons of, of, uh, of studies that we've done in all these areas, but there is a really interesting area, and we talk about this quite a bit, is around the idea of FOMO, the fear of missing out. And uh, so you know, coming out of the pandemic, we're at all time high levels of anxiety in our population of all ages, you know, adults and, and teenagers. Uh, but uh, actually like using um, marketing, you know, which is just a very common marketing tool is using FOMO, you know, like get your tickets now, get, you know, by three days left, you know, get them by Friday or you're out kind of thing. Um, that actually can cause undue pressure on people who suffer from anxiety that <laughs> isn't really required you yes it's a it's a good you know marketing technique but you know we've actually done some testing and found that you can put the same types of uh, marketing information out without having that FOMO and kind of making it more inclusive and sort of being like you know almost like we always you know encourage JOMO the joy of missing out of not being <laughs> online but uh, you know the idea with the FOMO side is that you know you can just you just have to be a bit more creative from your marketing side for putting out those messages and then you're not actually impacting those who are suffering from anxiety and so really you know kind of saying like join us today you know like uh there are five spots left instead of sort of using it from uh get it now you know kind of doing it like hey you have time it does close on friday just so you know uh but in the meantime it can be just as effective to avoid fomo and uh so uh, you know i'm saying from a marketing perspective for those who are professional digital marketers you know that's just something to be considering yes it's an effective tool but what are we doing to people when we do it and and, you know, we want to, if we can be making slight adjustments to our language and the way that we are marketing online, I think we'll be overall protecting our, our industry a little bit more um, and making sure that people, you know, continue in some forms to trust the internet a little bit <laughs> for their information. Well, so uh, there's a few things I want to, I want to also unpack there. I think, yeah. I think we're, we're going down this rabbit hole of a conversation here, right yeah. there. So uh, a few things. So look, um, I, 
so my business is a company called Ballistic Arts, and we've been in business 21 years. I started as a creative agency. So we did video production, web development, you know, graphic design stuff. But it was mostly all creative. And only, I want to say five years ago, did we get into social media marketing because a lot of our clients wanted us. And it was like social, digital marketing, a lot of lead gen, the stuff that you're talking about now. And quite frankly, I myself am not, if you're ever trying to find me on social, the only place I'm in is on LinkedIn. I, I yeah. am basically not that active on any of the other platforms. That said, so me, myself, not a big user of social media, but your your points around anxiety, FOMO, those kinds of things have, in my experience, and you know, grew up in the 80s where you know TV, radio, all that kind of stuff existed, and I studied a lot of comms, and so I'm wondering, is it is it really, you know, as Marshall McLuhan, who I think is a prairie man, uh, said, you know, the medium is the message. But uh, I kind of feel like, well, you know, War of the Worlds with radio, people thought, oh, my God, like when Orson Welles did that, like Mars was attacking us. Or, you know, there was uh, a big um, in the 80s, and I, I'm sure there still is with with. Um, uh, young young people having having eating disorders because they were reading these magazines, watching these billboards, Calvin Klein, and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And is it not just more of the same? It's just a different medium that we're we're combating. And so we're we're looking at uh, putting a band aid on the symptom as opposed to looking at the root cause, which I believe is more around media literacy. Because if I believe you have somebody that is, I don't know literate as like, okay, well, you know what? This is just a picture. It's been Photoshopped and all that kind of stuff. And it's for selling advertising, but you know, I still like those shoes. Like then you're, you're gonna maybe have a different viewpoint. And so I would think is there a role to be played with media literacy as opposed to saying, well, the medium itself is problematic because I feel like in my short time on this planet, the messaging has been more or less the same. Sure, it's less prevalent, but I mean, I sat in front of the, you know, the whole term of a couch potato, like came home from school three o'clock till like nine o'clock, just be watching television, you know? And, and yeah. so there's people like that. So what are your thoughts there? I love that because I actually think, you know, you touched on a lot of points that I think are really important. That digital literacy side is very important in having that education and awareness. And it's interesting because uh, one of the studies that we saw, um, which really got me thinking about this in a different way, was there was uh, a whole bunch of students who had been diagnosed already with, you know, sleep disorders, anxiety, that sort of thing. They've already been diagnosed, but they were brought together to talk about social media. And uh, 100% of them says, oh, yeah, social media causes those problems. And 100% of them said, but not for me. <laughs> and so it's a really interesting thing that we're living in right now. And, you know, I'm, I was the same way as you. I, I still am. I, you know, I, I, I relax to television. You know, I, you know, I, I am a media consumer. That's what probably caused me to enjoy my work in digital marketing so mm -hmm. much. Um, but the issue is, is actually uh, how smart a lot of the algorithms and different platforms we are dealing with are. Um, this is the same as like a magazine which can sort of give you you know you maybe open 
it up and you see somebody who looks thin and it gives you sort of a you know a shot of like oh that's what I should look like you know that kind of thing Um, it's a very slow process that's actually we're all kind of unconscious of even digital marketers where it's actually changing the way that we think it's changing here's what's supposed to give me happiness and it's not like there's somebody sitting there and going wahahaha you know I'm going to make Katrina think that (laughs) she needs to buy this so Mark Zuckerberg is not actually a lizard person (laughs) doing this is what you're saying yeah I I need to make Katrina think read somewhere on reddit that he is yeah so yeah exactly I that was real. <laughs> and so really it's about and you know we have to think about us as humans and it's it's honestly it's dopamine right it's that it's that hit it's we're always chasing that thing and social media and the way it's actually been structured is very similar to gambling you can actually see that it changes the brain and uh, spurs the brain in similar ways and images and such can really stimulate happiness things in our brain um, so the challenge is that when it comes to that is it's you know it's not just that we're we've all decided this is okay because we're selling people things and marketing it's also that this is actually a very 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 powerful tool that even the most you know people even myself who studies us we're still vulnerable to this tool so agreed that uh, the digital literacy, like the literacy component is very important. I think that teenagers should be talking about this. I think parents should be talking about this. I think it should be workplaces, like everybody who's taking care of each other should be talking about just the extra power that comes from the social media marketing. But it's also something too, where I do think that, and I'm a technology person too, I am a strong believer and I believe, you know, Mark Zuckerberg started this company, you know, the company with the idea of wanting to make the world a better place, connect people. People, that sort of thing but we're now at a stage where we know that there are impacts on people's mental mm-hmm. health it's actually causing teenage girls and they, they've had these internal documents that came out last year the year before with all the Wall Street Journal they knew that girls there you know I think it was 13 uh, percent were suicidal after looking at some things I can't remember the exact statistics but Wall Street Journal had that come out it was very high numbers and they knew that some of their products were causing people to be suicidal because of just the the power of what they're putting out and so and even things like TikTok like there's just a recent study that came out that a lot of teenagers who join will see um, images of cutting and uh, body image issues within four minutes of being on on the platform and so there's a lot of things there that you know are even more powerful than say running into something in a magazine there's very little oversight on some of these really important topics and it's also something that we're getting to this point now where it's several years old these companies these social media companies have the money they have the expertise they have the data and they have the ability to experiment uh, to try to be overcoming some of these issues there's a lot of companies out there for example um, we wrote an op-ed for the Toronto Star that or Star or Sun whichever the good one is <laughs> that uh, uh, was uh, this has not been sponsored by IBM, yeah exactly so, you know. <laughs> where we were talking about um, you know how to hold these social media companies accountable because if you've you know most of us here have tried to reach out to Facebook to be like, hey, can you adjust this thing? Or we've had a problem. And it's impossible really as a user to mm-hmm. truly connect with these large organizations. Um, you know, we're actually even seeing countries, you know, Canada's in a big war right now with Meta in terms of, you know, who's more powerful. Um, and, uh, and so I really feel like the way to be approaching a lot of this too is with 
corporate law and uh, holding board of, a, of directors accountable for some of the bad things that are coming out of these products. If you had, um, a, you know, a company, I'll use an electrical company, for example, and someone was falling in a dam and you're like, well, we had the fence there. We knew it was kind of a problem, but, you know, we just didn't get to it. You know, that's a major problem. The board of directors is accountable for not keeping something safe. And uh, so I really think that we should be putting some pressure in that space on the board of directors and using corporate law as a way to be saying like, hey, you know, yes, you're doing good in the world. Yes, you're bringing a lot of economic value and yes, you're very powerful, but you have to ensure that this this platform is good for humans because it is having a really strong effect on democracy, on people's mental health and on the way that people are engaging as families. You know, there's still some people who won't talk to each other because of the COVID debates and some of the fights they had online, right? Mm -hmm. This is actually something that's having an effect in our our day-to-day lives. And I do think that those companies have a different level of accountability now that they're so large, many of them, uh, to actually be responding to this and at least trying every single day to be making it better and experimenting to ensure that what we're doing is good for people. And I also think as marketers, we have a responsibility to do that too and to protect our well-being and protect our, our industry, really. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right. Well, you know, we could talk about this particular topic for the rest of the show, but we have a few (laughs) other things I wanted to, to tackle here. You mentioned that you're also doing research to support women in technology oh sorry indigenous women in technology and then other just women in general in the venture capitalist space so 
it is true. You know, we just as business owners, we, we see a lot of business people. We, we don't see a whole lot of women led venture capitalists and we certainly don't see a lot of indigenous uh, women or indigenous people, quite frankly, in technology. And so maybe we'll tackle the, the indigenous conversation first. So I um, have been had the pleasure to, to go to a number of indigenous uh, conferences. Most recently in Vancouver was the uh, indigenous success uh, and prosperity. No, the indigenous prosperity success showcase. Nice. And they had uh, indigenous leaders from all over the country come and, and speak and, and whatnot. And I remember, you know, there uh, in my conversation, there were definitely a lot more uh, nations and leaders that were coming and, and becoming uh, much more economically um, uh, secure, mm-hmm. maybe is a great way of saying it. But I, something that I would ask sometimes, you know, what, what is the biggest challenge in your nation? And there's you know, hundreds and hundreds of nations across Canada. And a lot of them say, like, for us to get economic reconciliation, the number one hurdle is we don't have internet. Yeah. Like, it is dial-up still in some of these remote rural areas, just even in British Columbia here and in, in, in on the West Coast here. And so how, like this seems like a very large issue given they are, what, when did I get dial-up? 1995? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a long time ago. And that was late, I think. My parents are cheap. So, you know, that's a long time ago. So what what can we do to provide that level playing field? And, you know, access to internet and that digital divide is massive. And I do think that there is some, you know, federal initiatives that are going on to ensure people get access. I also think some of the technology developments that are going on will also help, you know, in terms of having satellite access to um, to internet, that sort of thing. So I am hopeful that there's enough initiatives going on because, there, you know, it's a very clear um, answers out there that you know you need to have access or you're going to be falling behind the the society um, you know and you know second to part to that is we interviewed 123 women on and off reserve um, to find out just what their experiences were with technology because here in Saskatchewan uh, our population is 16% indigenous and from the tech community even though we're uh, the second fastest growing next to Waterloo here in Saskatoon we just still you know we had a you know a couple of representatives from the indigenous community but very very few and uh, I used to run a a group for women actually women founders here in the province and we had women from all different geographies around the province rural um, urban Uh, we also had women of different ages a lot of different cultural backgrounds we just didn't have anybody go through those groups that identified as indigenous so I was like you know the internet is the future what can we be doing to ensuring that all people have access to creating that future? And so we inter- we got a, a grant from Women and Gender Equality Canada, and we're able to interview 123 women on and off reserve, you know, both their experiences and you know, sort of what their mindset was, you know, what was preventing them from getting involved in technology, and uh, you know, there's sort of this idea in technology that if you can't see it, you can't be it, you know. And so we're like, well, maybe we need to have more, you know, women mentors going to speak at schools or something like that, or you know, just trying to. To get people more excited but we really discovered that a majority of the women I think it was like 76% something in there um, knew people who worked in technology so that wasn't the issue so that really challenged you know sort of some of our assumptions going into that study um, what we did discover is a majority of people feel either that they don't have the skills to work in technology 
Um, they maybe don't have the money to access the skills that they want. Um, they also have family obligations. They don't want to leave their communities. And, you know, especially several of the communities here in Saskatchewan, you know, the, the woman often has the role of daughter, you know, sister, family member first. And uh, so that often, you know, didn't, and, and mother didn't really, you know, maybe transpire to that personal, those personal goals of, you know, reaching and creating technology. So uh, we are doing a lot. We're working with partners everywhere. We're holding a hackathon. On this fall uh, just to introduce uh, some more Indigenous women in and uh, into the tech community and you know a lot of times as with most jobs those you know a lot of those jobs uh, happen because you know somebody and you don't necessarily have to have the skills that people think like you don't have to be a developer to get into technology there's like marketing jobs there's you know financial jobs that are specific to tech there's you know just you know if you're a graphic designer like there's just there's just so many different things that technology companies need the same as others uh, but you know it actually for me I started a technology company because I was a single parent at that time and it gave me the freedom to work around my kids schedules and so I'd love you know for others to see and recognize those opportunities too as uh as they're they're working in that space so um yeah just really uh um, an interesting space. I, I think you know we're hopeful to have some significant change even by the end of this year in terms of the number of Indigenous women represented in the Saskatchewan tech scene. We're also sharing a lot of our results across Canada, um, uh, just so that other groups can be you know learning, putting it into tech accelerators and and incubators uh, to try to just in, you know in, encourage and entice more Indigenous women to get involved because I just think it's very very important. Technology is here to be solving problems for people, and uh, you know different communities are not having their problems solved because they just don't have the same access to creating technology and funding and all that kind of stuff and so we need to be act actively making sure that you know at least everybody has the same chance to, to, to try and to start those projects so tell us about the hackathon just a little bit let's let's plug that uh, before before we go so um is it open to everybody is it just folks in saskatchewan rural yeah. saskatchewan indigenous like where is it when is it how do we get access in this case and we're still we're still setting up the date but it'll be in um october of uh of, of 2023 and uh you will need to be in saskatchewan for that one but we'll we'll make everything accessible if you want to host something like this across canada we can give you all of our planning documents and everything because it's very important uh but uh we are working with reconciliation saskatoon and many different uh, Indigenous partners. Uh, we have uh, Alina, who's on my team, uh, an incredibly strong Indigenous woman from By Regina, who's leading the whole charge and uh, really starting a, a massive conversation uh, connecting uh, tech and uh, Indigenous communities. And I think that's always the first step, is how can we build relationships, start to understand some of our important differences, but also how to work together in a way to make some real magic happen. Where do we go? Do we go to the Reconciliation Saskatchewan website, Ethical Digital? Where, where do we yeah, go? yeah, you can check it all out on the Ethical Digital website. Um, we're still getting everything up. We're a little bit early, but uh, we'll be having it up by the end of this month. And uh, it just uh, just go to the Indigenous Women in Tech section of our website, and you'll be able to find several different resources there. Okay, so I uh, I do want to ask a couple of more questions before we get to the ra the, the the rapid fire, just because I think I think it's a very interesting conversation. Um, I guess, you know, we, we started the conversation with, ooh, you know, there are some dangers inherently built in, in social media and technology. Yet on the other end of the conversation, you're trying to get other folks that are don't have access to te technology into technology. So are, are how are you squaring that 
that <laughs> circle because it seems, you know, I know it's not this crass, but it seems like, hey, tobacco's bad, but how do we get people smoking? Yes. Like that's kind of how <laughs> I'm hearing it. Uh, and so maybe please enlighten me. Uh, because I, I must be missing something. I, I really believe that diversity of thought makes a better product. And so having more people creating and having different ways of approaching projects, uh, technology products, communications products online, um, to really connect with people in a different way. And honestly, uh, it, it, there seems to be a lot more themes of a lot more women are social impact entrepreneurs um, are trying to do more for the community and community building rather than some of the other motivations um, online. And uh, so I think there's just an opportunity and so that's the big thing for me is it's really about the idea of getting people at least to the the same starting point where we all have the same thing you know you have to you know starting a tech company you know being involved in in marketing is not easy you have to have you know some gumption some passion some interest some skills to do it but at this point not everybody even has to start and so that's kind of where it boils down to for me is that I believe, you know, the internet's a great place. You know, we, you know, I think the 1986 ish was when it sort of became uh, out there, and it's been growing. When Al Gore invented it, right? I think Al Gore. Was that right? Was that what it happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's really only been around for a very short period of time, and it really developed out of uh, um, a certain, you know, population of people who really thought in a certain way. And so it's now become a global movement, and we need to diversify the number of people who are contributing to it because I believe in the long run, we'll have a different online experience if we have more people creating products. And again, people who are really thinking about what's good for the communities, what's good for human beings, what's good for, you know, young people, different things like that as as these different products get created. So uh, so that's basically how I square it is the idea that right now what's been built is excellent. Again, there's a lot of amazing things that are happening online. I like the Wild West of, of things and, you know, people being able to just have a full creativity of, you know, creating something online that represents, you know, something that they believe that they can change in the world. But I also think that it's, a, it's such a powerful force that we do need to do some things to make sure that, number one, the stuff that is being created is going to be okay for some of our systems. Like, you know, we, our, our society is changing rapidly because of this online change. You know, uh, what are some mm-hmm, of the things that mm-hmm. we should be thinking about to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and are some of the core structures of our society but also what can we be doing to use this tool to make us better you know to connect in different ways and and lift and elevate us in terms of you know educating each other connecting each other making each other feel like we have uh, you know a, a positive future together and uh, so so that's how I square it up essentially is we need more diverse voices uh, creating the space and contributing content and tech company, you know, and tech, you know, products and solutions. Um, but we also need to be very aware and have this conscious uh, creation of technology that, you know, there can be some impacts, but it's important for us to not just be like, well, that's how it is. <laughs> we have to actually, if we're mm-hmm. having some impacts that are not good for people, we can't just let it run rampant. We have to be looking at this seriously, um, acknowledging the issue and then trying to make changes that uh, can eventually make it, you know, sort of the utopia that we're, you know, that online that uh, are meeting people's needs yeah you know i think i think it's it's a great uh great goal to have to have safeguards because you know even you know we all wear clothes but i also remember in the 90s when you know the whole sweatshop labor thing was a thing and you know how are we going to do this but we still need to have safeguards for humans because at the end of the day we we live here and so uh, i guess my last question before the rapid fire thing is that from a timing perspective right like again a lot of these communities are just getting introduced to the internet. Yeah. The internet's, you know, at least 
from a popularity standpoint, it's been at least what 30 some odd years around. So how do we pull forward that for these folks? Because technically they're starting 30 years behind. So is that going to be a hurdle? I'm assuming it is. And if so, how are you going to pull them forward quickly? Kind of like the pandemic. No one was on video chat before. Skype had been around for 15 years or something like that, but no one used it. And then all of a sudden, oh, we can't, you know, do business. Let's go. And I don't know, there's a thing called Zoom. And then all of a sudden we've just pulled forward. Remote work is a thing now. How are you going to do that from an indigenous community standpoint to get them to today's level of, of use for technology? Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately it's it's not a problem that's going to solve itself overnight, but it is something that I think that we're well positioned for right now to make some change and to get started and it'll be something that'll evolve it'll be something that's going to take some time to to get there but if we're not starting we're never going to get there at best time to plant a tree 10 years ago second best time today <laughs> and so uh so i think really addressing this i also think um you know we need to be allies and uh working with the, with communities uh you know to help them uh solve problems from their own perspective go through processes that you know work within you know d- different cultural approaches and uh, I think ultimately, you know, just providing access to um, opportunity is one of the best things that we can be doing. And, you know, I guess there's probably about four or five different approaches I think are important uh, to make these things happen and actually have some effect. Um, one of the cool things, though, is we're in Saskatchewan, which has a small population. Uh, we can get things done quickly here. So we're going to try it. We're going to take a run uh, in this province and then hopefully have a model for other provinces to, to look at as well. All right. That's that's fantastic. And, you know, like you said, I, I also agree. I have many folks that I mentor and coach along the way. And those always feel like, oh, well, I didn't, didn't get quite, you know, I haven't started. I should have started, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, you know what? Not starting today is just going to make it worse. So you might as well get started. Right. So I think that's a really great attitude and, you know, good on you for leading the charge there. So with regards to rapid fire, let's let's get to know Katrina a little bit. So I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. They're fun, loving, hopefully. And, uh, you know, just first thing come out of your head, you know, you, you, you answer. All right. Sounds good. Oppenheimer or Barbie? I haven't seen either. I think Me I, either. I, I don't, <laughs> that's good to know. I actually want to see both. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I'll maybe just try a big, big session one weekend and, and just go through. I feel terrible though. Cause I'm watching it all unfold from online, but uh, it looks like people are having fun in both, in both areas. <laughs> yeah. My staff are having a field day. Great. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Yeah. I just, if you're going to have chocolate, punch me in the face with the chocolate. Give me that flavor. How dark? Yeah. How dark? 80, 90, 100? You know what? I Maybe go, let's go 80. I don't want to get too far. Like I don't want it to be like cooking chocolate, but uh, the ones I kind of like the very best is when they have the jalapeno uh, chocolate in Ooh, there. A little yeah. bit of sweet and spicy. I love that. Oh, yummy, yummy. All right. And then uh, favorite children's book? Oh, Love You Forever by Robert Munch. Yeah, you have to, uh, it's, uh, it has a whole song and everything. And honestly, no parent can make it through without crying. I, I still cry when I get to certain parts of it. <laughs> Who did you watch in the 80s growing up? Mr. Dress Up? Was it the, uh, was it Sesame Street? The Muppets? 
I think I did it all. Also, the Fraggles. We can't forget the, the Canadian Fraggles. I, was fraggles. Try, I, I thought I stumbled. I was yeah. like, what were they called again? Yeah. Fraggle Rock. Yeah, Fraggle Rock. Yeah, no, I was definitely, Fraggle Rock was first. In fact, I have a little record that I still listen to sometimes with the opening credit song. I just love oh. that that uh, the Fraggle Rock classic. And just a small story, I actually got to meet Mr. Dressup when I was about <gasps> six. So no big deal, but I have a picture oh. and yeah, I'm pretty sure he always remembers that for Did the you rest get to meet life. Casey and Finnegan? They weren't there. It turns oh. out, uh, yeah, they traveled separately, I guess. They travel separately. <laughs> they travel first class. Yeah, that's right. In their box. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Night owl. I'd prefer, I think if I had my ideal life, I'd be up until about two, up at about 10. But uh, I have teenagers and businesses. And uh, so it turns out I've... Teenagers, for, from what I understand, if my teen, when my teenage life, I was I was like a four to noon kind of Yeah, kind no, of that's sleep, probably them so. too. But I got to go to the school, all that kind of stuff. So uh, life has made me a bit of an early bird. But uh, yeah. as soon as I retire, I'm back to it. Late nights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so speaking of a mom who's run you know multiple running multiple businesses any life hack that you would want to share uh great technology i have i use ClickUp as uh just project management so i even put all my personal stuff that i've got to do in there just so basically have a, an ongoing to-do list that my team can also see and also that's the second part having a great team like really working with people who are just solid my team is fantastic all right okay well so you know, this is a great interview today, Katrina. I'm really happy to have you here and had the opportunity to listen to some of your, your thoughts and it helped me kind of see the world a little bit differently. So thank you very much for your time. How do we get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me at katrinagerman.com at ethicaldigital.ca. I'm on pretty much all the social media platforms. I'm the same as you. I love LinkedIn. Let's uh, connect there. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll just be uh, seeing media and all sorts of just information coming out that you will grasp and share <laughs> about how to But make only for 30 better. minutes a day. Right? Only, only for 30 for minutes 30, a day. Only 30 for 30 minutes, minutes a day. A day. That's that's right. All, right. <laughs> All right, Katrina. Well, thank you very much for your time, everybody. Thank you for listening. This was uh, Ted Lau and Katrina German talking about media literacy, literacy, can't even pronounce it, and all sorts of good things. Check it out, ethicaldigital.ca. Thanks, everyone, for your time. We'll see you again. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.